Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And Doug, what mm. is your favorite mythological animal? Ooh, it's probably, probably going to be a Medusa, if I if I have to be honest. So I mean, wait, we're calling Medusa an animal? I mean, listen, she's got snakes for hair. So so you is it the snake hair or snake is it hair? Medusa? Well, Medusa is kind of a creature. One- one will cause a lot of comments. Right. <laughs> and one, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I have to Let's, go mythological creatures and beings, a Medusa is, is obviously so pretty why, impressive. So why Medusa? Why are you into Medusa? Well, because Medusa is, it, it's kind of an inside joke between Jill and I because we used to play this game called Age of Mythology, a board game. Mm-hmm. And you could, if you are the Greeks, you can get a Medusa as a creature to fight on your side. Mm-hmm. And the key thing with the Medusa is a Medusa wins all ties. So if you're fighting, she has average rolls. You have to basically roll against each other to see wins. So tying is actually pretty frequent. So if you are fighting a Medusa and you tie with her, she wins automatically. Okay, so, I like that. Um, I like that. So in that context, like Jill and I will always be like Medusa. And we always just turn to each other. She goes, Medusa wins all ties. That's what we always say to each other. It's an inside joke. Um, but also Medusa is just kind of a fascinating character, a tragic character, right? Who is shunned. By uh, the gods, most likely because, uh, you know, Zeus is, you know, throwing his dick around and Hera's like, this is stay away from my husband. And then she turns, you know, this bitch into a, you know, some crazy lady with snakes for hair. But when she looks at people, they turn to stone. How cool is that, man? Like, that's pretty crazy. That's why it is. Look, it's a badass. Uh, it, it's a it is a tragic uh, character because talk about uh, having to shun yourself. Not only that, like you're living alone, man. No That's what I'm saying. Like you've got yeah. a you're 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 putting yourself out. You're you're hermiting it. And the only way to kill yourself that way is to look into a mirror. And if you look into a mirror, you turn yourself to stone. You turn to stone. When you're alone. You turn to stone. Um, I would play the yellow song right now, but we don't have the uh, we don't have the rights. We don't have the money to pay for that. No, we don't. We don't have seven point <laughs> seven seconds of it either. So you know. oh, I should have I should have prepped. I didn't know that was going to be your answer. I would have yeah, prepped. You didn't, you didn't fucking think about that one, did you, bro? The Kraken is mm, one terrifying. of uh, in, it's just a terrifying ter- in my mind. I'm like that one just because not only is the sea terrifying by itself, but yeah. now you put the fucking Kraken down there and good fucking luck. Uh, if we're talking more scalable, uh, more manageable Medusa level, mm-hmm. uh, the Minotaur is one mm. that I've always thought is fa- like, again, anytime they're depicted, I'm like, that's a fucking terrifying entity right, right? there. Just yeah. terrifying looking. Yeah, I totally and usually agree. they're just all all rage machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, no, that's, I don't know. It just it's terrifying. Yeah, it's funny because uh, speaking of the Kraken, Natalie and I, she often brings up the Megalodon, and I'm like, I'm so glad that yeah. thing's dead. I'm so glad that thing's dead. And she always asks why. I'm like, we've been over this. If that thing existed, I would never go near the ocean. <laughs> that thing was yeah. enormous. 
That yeah. thing was massive, and I would never trust being in a boat in the ocean right. ever. Now, again, you think about it. The odds, the amount of surface area that water covers, the amount, the, the, the sheer size of the ocean, the odds that you would ever run in face-to-face. Because if you ever run in, well, you might have. You spent a little bit more time. Have you ever uh, face-to-face with any shark while you've been in the water? No. So the odds that you would have run into a megalodon, not super great. But the on the off chance... That you're on that one boat. That's not a that's not a dice I want to roll. If I'm on a boat in the ocean, it's probably gonna be a fucking cruise ship. That thing's massive, and that probably looks like a giant fucking snack for a megalodon. I'm like, no, thank you. And also, you know what my odds are of running into a megalodon on land are zero percent. Is it so, zero, Doug? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> are you sure about that? Is it? Yeah. Z- or is it? Well, I, what about the ones? We, uh, look. Uh, evolution done. Megalodons, if they were still around, odds are they would have developed uh, legs and then we would have had street sharks. I don't think that's how that works, but I'm pretty sure that's how it street works. Street sharks! Street sharks! <laughs> uh, They'd be spray painting all sorts of shit, man. You know what to do with it. <laughs> Did you see the recent uh, the resurfaced uh, commercial where um, I don't even know if it was a commercial. It might have been just like a, a toy fair or something where uh, Vin Diesel, a very young Vin Diesel, was hawking t- uh, street sharks. No, no. <laughs> is something to behold. Wow. I will say, uh, go look it up, peoples. Um, I don't know, man. Megalodon, they're saying a megalodon is just larger than a school bus. So I think you'd be fine. I don't think, Dude, I don't think that white, thing. A great white is terrifying to me, let alone yeah, but a if fucking you're on- school bus. I'm just saying, man, if just you're a, on I went a cruise to the, ship. I went to the Field Museum where they had an uh-huh. exhibit on the Megalodon, and they had its mouth. All yeah. right? They had its yeah. jaws in there. Like, no thank you. Hard it's pass. It's not taking down a cruise ship, Doug. Oh, at, my bad. At best, okay. At best, it, a little water comes on board. At best. Dude, that would be good lord. That would be so horrifying. <laughs> that would be absolutely horrifying. That's just, yeah. The idea of any massive creature like that living in the water, yeah. because the water is already something you're out of your element in. You're not you're not able to navigate that like the creatures down there are. So you're just like, oh, fuck. Like, you're not going to outswim yep. them. You know? Oh, God, no. Fuck it. Yeah. You're not going to no. beat them in a physical contest. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen, you know? All right. If a megalodon attacks kids... Punch it in the nose. Right? Yeah, that's all that sort of stuff. It's like, if there's a nuclear blast, get under your desks, children. Your desk. Like, okay. Thanks. I would, what we should do uh, for a future episode is we should look up all the uh, all the advice, the out, mm-hmm. the advice that didn't date, uh, age well. Yes. And, be a and great just go one. through, like, what, what didn't age well that we used to tell people as a certainty? Right. You know? And yeah. not necessarily to make fun of them, because listen, no. we, we all learn stuff, we evolve, but the idea of, you know, people like, this is what you got to do, right. you know, if you want to get, I mean, there was a, I'm, you know, rewatching the King's speech, because I haven't watched it since it won an Oscar, and I'm like, is this movie still good? And at one point, you know, this you know, royal royalty is trying to learn. He has a stutter and the doctor's like, smoke cigarettes. It'll loosen up your lungs. You know, and it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, this is what people used to think. They're like, yes, have some fresh cigarettes. It'll put your mind at ease. It's like, that's bad for you. But we didn't know that at the time. So, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you know what I mean? You know what I'm did, saying? Did, did the movie uh, hold up, though? I'm not all the way through it yet, but I got to say. It's fucking compelling, and it shouldn't be. It's one of the most boring premises for a movie. It's like, here yeah. is the Dude Duke of York speech. 
Duke of York has a stammer. Watch him fix yeah. it. It's like, mm, okay. But it's actually like, hey, it's kind of interesting for some reason. I can't explain. Oscar worthy? Eh, I don't know. But it's uh, it's it's not bad. It's not it's yeah. not too bad. So, you know, I saw it. I'm like, ah, I ought to give this another try. I haven't seen it in a while. So, you know, I always like to check on that to see if it's, it's worth a damn. But, hey, big news. This is a Mind Gap exclusive. 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 We hit over that. 400 subs on YouTube. Woo! We did it. I, <laughs> I no longer, man, I'm really missing my uh, soundboard. Yeah. I got yeah. us. Don't worry. You know? I know. I know. Nice. I'm going to come. Ooh, mommy. We got him. You know? I, you know what? I worry that if I had my soundboard, it would just be one too many. It, you know what? You just. You feel like we'd lose a little class if you had one too. You know Absolutely, what I mean? yep. You know, you've got to get your dick out. So, uh, hey, thank you to everyone that subscribed. We appreciate yes. it. We just we just passed that 400 mark today, so thank you very much. Appreciate you. Um, you know, if you haven't already and you're listening to this, head over to YouTube.com/slash/MindGapPodcast. Hit that subscribe button. It means the world to us. This just helps us inch a little bit closer to you know possibly earning money by doing this on a regular basis and it costs you nothing so we appreciate you we appreciate all the love we appreciate all the support thank you thank you thank you very kind of you we love you and uh here's to the next milestone which is 500 so i love it pew, 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 pew. it makes me happy it makes me happy that people uh people aren't just running for the hills when they hear when they yeah. hear us. well at least or, at least 400 people aren't maybe the tens of thousands are but right at least they're like yeah. ah you know what these guys aren't bad subscribe <laughs> you know that means a lot i appreciate that and i can never i can never gauge it like i just i released yeah. a clip today from last week it was that you know the part where i was talking about you know how i and i interesting enough it's happening again right now as i speak where the apple remote mm-hmm. notifications coming up and i'm like i want to press fart um I just posted that. It got almost 2,500 views. I'm like, never would have guessed that one. But hey, whatever. Right. It's cool. You know, it's always the, like we, we talked about this the other day when we were mm-hmm. prepping. We said it's always the in, it's the most inconsequential things. We'll sit there and we'll figure out like, oh, we're going to bring this thing up. And I have a feeling this is going to generate a lot of a lot of ire or a lot of a lot of activity in the comment section. And it just fucking dies a lonely death. And then yeah. the most random offhand things that we say are the ones that catch, you know, catch a little bit of a it. it relatively speaking for us they catch fire and yeah. we get 12 comments about something and we're like whoa people are totally fired up about this still one of my favorite ones of all time was just we were doing dungeon carrions and kaya was trying to roll the dice in tabletop simulator and that one just continues to get views <laughs> not a ton but it. over time it's consistently gets views every single day it just yeah, comes across people's feed so and people watch it and i'm like I, I listen it's one of my favorite moments it's great but yeah. the fact that people are like, ha, you know, they keep watching. I'm like, okay, cool. Works I, love, for me. I love that that one is aging too. Like it's, it's yeah. like a fine wine. A lot it's of these like will better. hit a peak and then they just stop. That one just keeps going, man. It's just a slow trickle and I'm here for yeah. it. You know, I love it. So that's a yeah. testament to the dungeon Karens. It really is. Dungeon Karens, man. God, it's been a while. It's been a while yeah, right? since we did that. That was fun. Yeah. That was, that was a good time. That was a good time. That was a good time. All right. Justin, November's a special month. I was going to say, speaking of good time, butt stuff. There we go. I didn't know yeah. how crass to take this. I know I joked yeah. about this in the pre-production, but I was like, I don't want to. No, I don't want to be the one that ruins a good time. So <clears throat> I will. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, yes. No, but November. Um, I just can't stop 
uh, reading what we have on here. Uh, Why don't you tell them what we have on there, Justin? It says November, butt month. Yep. Just so That's I remembered, that was my notes for yes. to make sure that we, we talked about this was November butt month. So November Justin, is what, what is November butt month? It is Men's Health Awareness Month. Uh, so I wanted to just real quick, <clears throat> we don't have to uh, spend a lot of time on this, but uh, last year I had uh, uh, a, a prostate cancer diagnosis uh, hit my family, not me, but someone close to me in my family uh, had was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, they went the, through the surgery. They're all clear. They've been clear for a year now. So absolutely fantastic. Nothing to worry about. But this did bring up, uh, Doug and I just both turned 40. And they say the new, uh, used to be when you were in your 50s, they've lowered it now to 45 is the recommended age range. <clears throat> because of because of how close this was to me, uh, I I am now going to I still I'm I've slept on this I'm gonna I need still need to find a primary now that I'm in Grand Rapids but as soon as I do I'm still you know uh, four and a half years away from needing to do this but I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get a prostate exam and uh, just get all the tests done do the full workup and just see what's what's going on back up in there and uh, I would strongly recommend to anyone who is over the age of 45 who has not yet or it's been years since you've had a prostate exam, I would strongly recommend going in, getting it done. It can truly, truly, truly save a life. So please, please, please go do that. The person that, that had this in my family, he was not uh, he was not aware. Uh, he was just kind of feeling bad due to, due to some, it was this domino effect of health issues. Uh, went in to get a tooth fixed. Uh, before they have, before you have oral surgery, they'll do, uh, they'll take your blood pressure. So that uh, when they administer anesthetics, nothing happens. Uh, when they did that, his blood pressure was insanely high. And the dentist said, I'm not going to, not only am I not doing this today, you're also going immediately to the, the uh, ER and you're going to get checked out because you are a ticking time bomb. The fact that you're standing right now is a miracle. And so he went and that led to a series of tests that eventually led to him finding out that. So outside of himself he didn't realize how bad he felt. He was like this. It just slowly became the norm of, I guess this is just how I feel now. And he didn't realize until he was put on blood pressure medication, how much better he felt. And then after all the other stuff that had happened, now he's in, you know, wonderful health. He's taking care of himself, uh, you know, a lot better. And he's going to see the doctor regularly. And you just, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. So go get your, go get it checked out. Go have a, you know, go have a special uh, special date with your doc and have him uh, go up in there and make it happen. It can save your life. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Some people may say, treat yourself, you know. Look, to each their own. And yeah. I say more power to you. And Justin, I'd like you to consider something as well. Please. When you go and get this, you know, checked out, for the sake of just full, you know, understanding of this process, I'd like you to not go under for it. I'd like you to be awake for it so you can actually get the full experience. Get, get, no, because I, I was listening to a podcast for Steve-O of Jackass. Like, he yeah. did that. He would get a colonoscopy, like, while he didn't he, he didn't, didn't want to go under. And I was like, yeah. now that you mentioned that, I'm like, I, I feel like this is this is the path for you as well. To be like, <laughs> you know, just a one time to be like, what's this really like, you know? I res- Look, I respect that. Uh 
We'll see. We'll see where I'm at, Doug. We'll see where I'm at. Uh, I I will I will provide Listen, a I'm full a parent. report I'm, back. I, I know that means no. Okay, I I say the same thing to Natalie. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. You know, that means no. I got you. We'll see. Maybe he'll forget by the time it comes up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, when I when I go do it, I will give a full report back because I honestly don't know everything that is involved with it. So we'll go through and we'll give a full. I'll give a top to bottom, no pun intended, mm. or pun intended, mm. uh, top to bottom report about like <clears throat> here's the process to kind of destigmatize and you know kind of shed some light on you know what what it actually looks like because it is you know it it it's a big deal, but at the same time it's a pretty routine thing that mm-hmm. that happens all the time. So. Yeah, I've heard some people talk about it. I, you know, I thought it was like, cool, go in there, you know, take care of business and you're good to go. But I guess it's like you got to fast for a long mm-hmm. period of time and then you got to go. And it's like, do you have a ride home after this sort of situation? Yeah. Like, it's no, You've it's no got joke. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. there's enemas involved. Yeah. When you're cleaning yourself out. It's a it's a whole thing. Which I, makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, years ago I had when I in 09, I did the Chicago triathlon and I was I went from again similar to when I did the marathon I went from no exercise to hey I should run a triathlon because that's what you do and uh, I was uh, in training I had developed blood in my stool and I think it was because of I was doing so many miles on the bike from nothing and so much running so I think my body was just it it got shocked into a hey we're gonna kind of jettison everything and so it wasn't good. Um, I'm sure I ruptured or, or tore something. Not, nothing was bad. I went in and got what was called a sigmoidoscopy, where it, similarly they stick a camera up there. So I went through the, the, the that process at least of fasting, uh, enemas, cleaning myself out, uh, and it was that was very not fun. And uh, afterwards, I'm very glad that someone was there. Beth was there to drive me home. Uh, <laughs> I will say you've never had uh, the the benefit to this is you have an unlimited free pass to fart. Like, you don't have to fit anywhere. You can be in the middle of fucking, you know, uh, whatever, a restaurant. It happens just like, uh, I just had a procedure. It's all good. Just I I just fart anyway. Like Unapologetically in the middle of public? I mean, most time, yeah. I mean. <laughs> well, you're a, you're a special case, so. I am. I'm yeah. you tonight. <laughs> tonight. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Natalie was uh, making her lunch. And she's getting stuff out, and she's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. can you can you cut me off some cheese?" And I was like, "Oh man, I, oh, I go, no. man, I really wish I had to fart right now." Because like, yeah, I'll cut the cheese. So I deal with that, and as I'm like, like a minute or two later, I feel one coming on. I go, "Hey, wait, wait, wait!" Before you put your uh, your lunch away, I go, "Do you want some extra cheese?" And she looked at me. She goes, "Yeah." And I, I let out an aggressive fart. And I didn't think it was going to be this bad. It was it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty intense, and I, I, I was. It was a. Uh, it was kind of like a. No, that's not enough. It's probably more like a. It was. It yeah. was pretty. Uh, it talked. It was it pretty intense. And she just like put herself into the fridge and held the door to her face. See, which again is good advice because if Indiana Jones five four taught us anything, it mm-hmm. was when a nuclear bomb goes off, you put yourself right. in a fridge. Yeah, I have to admit, she she was like she tried not to laugh, but we both agreed it was pretty funny. And I was like, Listen. I'm just glad there's a small part of me, Doug, and you're a good father and a good human, so I know you didn't do you wouldn't have done this, but there was a very small sliver <laughs> that I thought you were going to say, "Do you want some more cheese?" She handed you the container. She handed you the container and you just, you blasted right in there and then closed the lid for freshness and popped it right back in the fridge. 
Listen, that's for when she gets to be 16 and gets to be a real pain in the ass. Well, she's she's seven. Like she doesn't she doesn't need that now. That's she doesn't like deserve that yet. That's that's definitely a therapy session in the future. When she's that's 16 teenage. and being a little shit, I'll be like, hey, here, let me get you something for it. Ha! You know, like. <laughs> Jill writes her a note. Doug gives her something else. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, yeah. I pre- You know what? Part of me's happy that you thought, because I saw you, your, your body language is like, oh, God, he's going to fart in her lunch, you know? <laughs> you knew that was a possibility, but I'm like, ah, I'm not that bad yet, you know? I rolled the dice, and I, it, it came up, uh, you know, you would have had, it would have had to be a very, uh, a very large role for that to have happened, yeah. Yeah. She's, I got to say, man, Natalie has been really fucking funny. Over the last like Has few she? weeks, like it's just it's clicking for her, man. She's just been landing some really funny bits, some really funny jokes. Just like she's got them locked and loaded, and I'm just like, yes. And you know, some of them are just dumb, like kids just saying dumb things. But I'm like, still, she's got the she's got the timing. She's like got the placeholder. A, she's structuring it like there's yeah. A, you can see the 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 mathematics. I was like you're out. only gonna get better at this. Like and you're yeah. gonna land some real good funny bits once you have the vocabulary. Once you have the experience, you're gonna be dunking. You're gonna doing Fuck some yes. slam dunks. That and, makes me really happy to. Oh, to you see. have no idea how happy it makes me. I'm just like that's my fucking girl. Like where I legitimately laugh because yeah. she's so goddamn funny. I'm like oh my god, it was it's so good. Or and she also rolls with it a little bit better now too. Like she understands that I'm that that I mean, like the, the other night she was sitting there just like watching TV and like I just sat down and then I just stared at her while she watched the TV and she was, she was all of a sudden she kind of like shot her eyes over and she's like, oh, my God, dad is staring at me. And she's like slowly like shoot glances over at me. And I was just like staring at her and she starts going and then she just grabs a bag of Skittles and just like hands it to me <laughs> almost like. Leave me alone, please. Right. Like, here's some is skittles. This, is this I was payment? Like, I was like, I wasn't thinking about that, but I will take those. Yes, thank you. Like, <laughs> it was very. She's just. She, I don't know, man. She offered something into the scene. Exactly. She's just yeah. like, there's a there's a raging animal in front of me. Offer it sustenance. Here you go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. And she's just. I don't know, man. She she has some good good bits. Like, and it's, it's unfortunate because a lot of them, I'm like, that is so fucking funny. I got to remember that, and then they're just gone. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it is, what she said. But Jesus Christ, <clears throat> even Jill's like, God damn, she's slinging some some bangers right now. Like, it is yeah. really really good. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. My girl's gonna have a sense of humor. Well, it's funny because when she was younger, <clears throat> you and I talked about this ad nauseum on and off air. Uh, but we talked about how fascinating it was to watch a human being uh, start putting things together. Like when Mm -hmm. she was a real little kid, you were talking about how she was figuring out like basic motor skills and how like this does this and then like cause and effect. And if I do this, that falls and that, you know, and then you started to talk, we started to talk about how she was asking really good questions, like around Mm -hmm. like four years old or so she was starting to, to be like, man, like, that's a that's a thinker. I don't know yeah. how she figured that one out, or she was really starting to put things that were happening in her life together. And then, like, this is the next progression of like, wow, she's starting to figure out what is humor, what is what is this abstract concept, and yeah. how do I wield it properly? And it's fucking, it's just, yeah. it it's never, it never ceases to amaze me uh, to watch the next iteration of that of of a kid figuring it out, you know, yeah. whatever it is. She's leveling up in certain ways. Like there's still some things where she's, you know, she's easy to make laugh at this point in time. It's sure, not too hard yeah. to make a seven year old laugh, you know, with a lot of things. 
Um, it's it's pretty easy to play into that sort of stuff. Oftentimes, you just make yourself the butt of a joke, or you just do some physical humor where you're like, "Oh my gosh, I got hurt," and they're like, "Ha ha ha!" You know, it goes over pretty easy. Right. Or you just make fart jokes, and it's like, you know, doesn't even have to make sense. You know, you just say the word fart, and they're like, "Ha ha fart!" And it's like, yeah. But yeah. she's just her timing and her understanding of like, you know, where she can just fire something off. She did something at dinner the other day, something along the lines of. She said something and Jill tried to correct her and Nally was like, that wasn't what I was talking about and gave her like finger guns. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like she just didn't know <laughs> it was it wasn't like aggressive or what. It was yeah. just so it's like I wasn't talking about that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Jill and I were both like, OK, start, yes. OK. She did it with such a goofy look on her face. I'm like, oh, my God, that's my fucking daughter. That's right not there. what I was talking about. I love yeah. it. That's I'm like, great. yes, 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 yes. Let's get more of that. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to challenge you to work in, <clears throat> hopefully within the next couple of days, because I really want to hear about this. I'm going to challenge you to work in a knock-knock joke to her. Okay. okay. I want right. to say, I feel like this will this will go over well. We'll see. Uh, if you feel a fart coming on, knock-knock, oh. who's there? Fart, fart who, and then blast. <laughs> Jill I just want to not see. condone this, but I'll see if I can pull it off. Great. Yes. Why will she not condone it? I'm curious. Jill gets grossed out by that kind of stuff. You know, oh, yeah. there's been times where I go, do, 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 do. I jump up and fart, you know, like my <laughs> own. I was like, she'll love that. She doesn't. I learned Wait, that. Jill or Natalie? Jill. Okay, cool. I was like, yeah, Jill did not uh, find that entertaining. Doing theatrical farts is not, uh, she's not into it. So. Regular farts she'll tolerate because I'm just like, hey, man, I got to do it. But, uh, yeah, she's not, you know. Theatrical I, flatulence is yeah, not for I, this one. When I go for, like, the big grand gestures followed by a fart, it, it doesn't do anything for her. So I okay. learned that. And uh, Well, hey, look, this knock-knock joke's not for Jill. It's for no, Natalie. It's, it's for me, really, is what yeah. it's for. You know? It's for you. It's for us. It's just, this is where the Mind Gap community demands it. Because Natalie also understands knock-knock jokes. The only one she well, – she knows one legit one, and the other one she just, like – it's just nonsense. Like, it, I've, yeah, that's a kid knock knock jokes are the best. Yeah. Where they just like knock knock who's there? They say something that that thing who, and then it's like and it's like Fart City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like okay, well, the the structure's there. You yeah. just got to work on the content. We got to work on yeah. We got to got to tighten that up a little bit. Her What's favorite the one, one that is, she knows that it's she likes knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting no! cow. Who? You know. I love it. She saw it from a movie, so she yeah. does that all the time. Then she does it. She's like, hey, Dad, knock, knock. I'm like, who's there? She's like, interrupting cow. I'm like, you already did this. <laughs> Loses its flavor real quick. So anyway, I'm did proud you, of Have daughter. you done the uh, uh, banana, banana, orange, aglet, or orange, orange, aglet, I didn't say banana? Ugh, I hate it. You've, have you never heard that one? Uh, I feel like I have, and I probably just shut it out. I put it in the dark place, you know. Uh, that's it's such a. I mean, it's such a. Kids fucking go gaga over it because it's the repeat. Anything that repeats, you know. Yeah. It's 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 all about repetition in the in the yeah. joke. We'll we'll go over. I'll line you up with some uh, with some really shit knock knock jokes, and you can you can rattle them off to her. <laughs> it just reminds me of a clip I made a long time ago of you doing a joke about. <laughs> I don't remember how it goes. It was something about something hiding in trees, and then like, uh, oh my god, that's <laughs> right! It was the uh, the elephant joke. Uh, oh fuck! Wow, wow, what was that? I hated how oh, much it got man. me because it was a two parter. I was there. It was a three parter. <laughs> yeah, it was a three parter. <laughs> elephant and tree joke. Hold on, I gotta see. <laughs> 
I remember okay, I had an elephant in a giraffe. <laughs> it says, uh, how do you hide an elephant in a cherry tree? You paint its balls red. Uh, have you ever seen an elephant in a cherry tree? No. See, it works. And how, how can you... T- uh, what's the sound? Oh, what is it? What's the sound? Oh, what's the loudest sound in the jungle? A giraffe eating cherries out of a cherry tree. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, I was just, I kept going like, what? What? And then you got to the third part and I was like, God damn it. God damn it. You got me. I completely uh, forgot about that one. I, uh, that I was like, that's one, of, that's one of my favorite clips that we put yeah. together. Cause it's like, you fucking got me. You fucking got me. Oh man. Respect. Respect. Have you, do, when you tell, are you a joke teller? I mean, Not I really. feel like you, I don't ever really hear you in our time that we've known each other. Never really told you. I used to, when I was younger, I used to really like trying to memorize and tell jokes, but mm-hmm. I would get so nervous during this, the telling of it, like the setup, the story portion of it, that it started to become not fun because I would get such anxiety of, of because I had ruined just enough of them to know <laughs> what it felt like. You know what I mean? Like once yeah. you once you bomb a few times, you're like, oh man, if I don't nail this setup, this is going to go bad. And then you start thinking about that. And so yeah. I've, as I've become an adult, you know, I have, uh, I would say post- Post early twenties, that might be the that might be when I started to kind of like wrap it up. Yeah, I just I, I can't uh, I can't deal with the stress anymore of telling <laughs> of telling story based jokes. Couldn't be a stand up then. <laughs> I could not be a stand up. If they were mine, I feel like it'd be one thing, but oh. memorizing other people's jokes and trying to get like the, the specific yeah. nuances. There was a joke I learned in college that is good if you have patience, and if you have the patience and you have the willpower, and you have the good timing. It could be a real killer joke, but okay. I was never, I was never that good. I was never patient with it. So it never really, it never really landed. Do you want to give us a, a summation of what it is? I'll try it and see, see what you think about it. So there's a Frank is driving in his truck. He's driving along the coast and he's just got this flatbed truck and he's driving along, driving along. And he hears a bang, bang, bang. And he looks in the back of his truck in the bed of his truck and there's this cookie and he comes, he stops the truck, pulls over, gets out. Grabs a cookie. He's like, look here, cookie. You keep it down back there. I'm warning you. He puts the cookie back in the truck. He gets back in. He starts driving. Roads get a little curvy. Cookie starts sliding from side to side, making some noise. Frank's like, God damn it. He pulls over the side of the road, gets out again. He's like, cookie, I warned you. This is the last time. Picks him up and goes, you do this again, you're going to fucking regret it. Puts a cookie back in his truck. Gets back in. Drive along. Smooth sailing. But before you know it, it's a gravel road. Starts driving on the gravel road. Potholes. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. He stops and he's like, that's it, cookie! I've had it up to here! He takes a cookie and just chucks it in the ocean. Did I not do it? I don't think I got it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it, huh? Still working on the timing, I guess. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Good one, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I so look. I don't. I don't blame you for that. I truly feel like I did not understand. I don't think it's don't, a you thing. I think it's it, like I think it's my delivery. I don't know. I will. We'll put it. Look. Anyone who's watching this, uh, the full—I don't know if this is going to make a clip or not—but anyone who's watching the full episode here, if you got that, please comment. Uh, very good chance that I'm the dummy here, uh, but yeah, I, 
I missed that one. It's all good. It's all good. It's fine. It's me. It's I still don't got it. After all these years, after all these years, I can't I can't get it. It's on me. So it's fine. It's fine. Anyway. Is it because he headed up to here because he's in the ocean? He wasn't in the ocean. He's driving. See, it's it's fucking details. I'm not getting it. It's not getting it. Anyway, I had a revelation recently. D- Doug, talk, let's talk about Star Wars. I had a revelation <laughs> recently yeah. uh, about Star Wars. Uh, I was watching, rewatching Rogue One, um, which I have to say might be one of the best Star Wars movies. I, I think easily be convinced of that. Man, that it's a good movie. It's so good. I remember you and I went to see that in the theater, mm-hmm. and I was very impressed seeing it that time. And I think over time now, and especially in the span of what we've seen, solid fucking movie. Like, yeah. and people can tell me Andor is great, and I think I need to take time to go and watch Andor because I was also like, great, it's a prequel to Rogue One. I know what happens in Rogue One. Right. They're all going to die. Like, right, right. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> But I was rewatching this. It's like, God, this is a good fucking movie. It's really, really good. And in this, if you haven't seen it, um, it, the whole conceit is how the rebels get a hold of the Death Star plans and essentially try to get them to, you know, somewhere where Princess Leia can get them or whatever. It's a connection of tissue between episode three and episode four, but very close, almost like right before episode four takes place. Right. And um, oh no, very much right before episode. Yeah, it's like literally, it's like a lead into episode (laughs) four. Um, And uh, in it, uh, Ben Mendelsohn plays uh, this uh, Empire guy named uh, Director Crank. Is that Crank? Krennic? Krennic. (laughs) Director Cranky Pants. Director Krennic. And he is tasked with basically getting the Death Star operational, which involves. Uh, harvesting kyber crystals off of the planet of Jeddah or the city of Jeddah. I don't know. It's hard to tell what's what anymore. But um, basically, he is trying to get the Death Star up and running and operational. And he's been running into setbacks because of the rebel, you know, insurgent Sol Guerrero, who's been like causing tr- trouble. He's been sabotaging shipments. He's very militant. And he's been running behind. And at one point, Krennic is confronted by his boss, Governor Tarkin. And Governor Tarkin is just so dismissive of Director Krennic. He's like, pretty soon I'll have to give the Emperor an update on your progress and he will not be pleased that we are being delayed. And Krennic's like, I'm trying. The the rebel forces, the rebel forces are your responsibility. You know, he's basically giving him shit. He's basically like, get this up and running or I'm going to tell my boss on you and then you're really going to be in trouble. And I had a moment... I've been kind of going through a moment. I, I haven't realized this, but for probably like three years now where I'm really having a big problem with corporate America and mm-hmm. bad leaders in general and how shitty yeah. leaders really ruin things. And I had this moment while I'm watching this. I was like, Governor Tarkin's a shitty manager. <laughs> like he's got a direct report who's coming to him with a, he's got a very difficult task. He's got to get the death star up and running. That's no easy feat. This is the people it's mistaken to be a moon. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how big the station is. He's got to get the weapon systems operational. He's dealing with insurgents. They're also trying to keep it hush hush because they don't want the Imperial Senate to know what's going on. Otherwise there may be political fallout. So he's got, he's got a lot of responsibility here and his boss is like, nah, hurry up. The emperor says it has to be done by this date and you're running behind. And in my view, Director Krennic is like, I'm trying. 
I'm having some issues. And I, maybe to Governor Tarkin's you know, point, he's like, I've given you ample resources. Why aren't you getting this done? But the point is, Tarkin's essentially like, hey, man, I'm trying to meet this deadline. I want to meet this deadline. And Tarkin's not giving him anything. And if anything, Tarkin's like, I'm going to tell my boss on you. If you don't, the boss, the CEO, I'm going to go to the CEO and be like, hey, my direct report is fucking up, man. Like, what are we going to do about this? Right. And I, I was like, in any other operation, if my direct report is sucking and I'm not supporting him and I'm going to be like, hey, I'm going to go to my boss and you're going to be in real fucking trouble, buddy. I go to my boss. My boss would be like a good boss would be like, well, if he's having trouble, what are you doing to support him? Mm -hmm. Right. What are you what are you doing about it? Right. What are you doing why, about it? Why am I hearing about this? Yeah. Like, I understand we're falling behind on the project. Okay, so what's the issue? Like, oh, well, he's, it's his fault. Okay, well, what's he running into? Well, we've got these right. insurgents who are fucking up stuff on Jeddah. We can't get the kyber crystals out as quickly as we can. And, you know, we've had to, all these setbacks and things like that. Things that are, you know, outside of control. But, yeah. you know, whatever. It's like, okay, so what are you doing to support Director Krennic in this endeavor? Because this is an all-hands-on-deck thing. Guys, all right? right. Like we came together, the all hands. All right, we set we set our quarterly goals, we set our yearly goals. This was in the five year plan, okay? Right. And we knew what our projected EBITDA was. You know that all our everything. This is one of the key objectives. All right, for our organization, for the Empire's organization, we've got to get this thing online to make sure that we can hold sway over the galaxy. And we're right. falling behind. What's happening? All right. What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What are our opportunities and what are our threats? Let's, let's sit down and, why, as the emperor, why am I having this conversation with you, Governor Tarkin? I mean, this was all covered in your in your annual compliance managerial training. Like, you, you've right. gone through this. You went well, through you went through the training. You did your and, disc assessment. You know your communication style. You know Director Krennic's communication style. Like, what what's what's the holdup here? Why, we have, why am I having this conversation with you? You know what I mean? Right. It almost, to me, sounds like... Uh, uh, Tarkin did not go through managerial training. It sounds like he might have been fast-tracked and he was not ready for the responsibility. It's very possible. He could have failed up. Um, mm -hmm. Could be nepotism. Uh, sure. It could also be that, you know, he just sort of like let the training run while he did other things, answered exactly. emails, you know, just moved the mouse the around. Open. Yeah. You know, when the, you know, cause a lot of those things like the knowledge checks aren't really that difficult. You just have to be active and whatever, you know? So, kind of phoned it in for that sort of stuff. So, you know, I, I just, I look at this and I'm like, I feel like this is a, because we see this in other movies, right? Like um, there's sheer stupidity, like an empire strikes back. One of the, uh, one of the generals, you know, pulls the, at the beginning of empire strikes back, they, they pull the, the empire fleet, imperial fleet in too close to Hoth. So the rebels know that they're there. And Vader turns to the guy on comms, basically is like, you pulled us in too close. He's like, yes, yeah, so I thought that uh, maybe we could uh, surprise them. And then Vader chokes him out for basically right. failing, which, listen, I mean, that guy fucked up. He made a bad call and whatever. But, you know, does that warrant, you know, that kind of reaction? Again, yes. a manager's like, I'm going to kill you, you know, so 
sort of situation. So back to Rogue well, One. We've, we've also know. talked about, though, how uh, HR in the Star Wars universe would have been. Like, we've, we've talked about oh, yeah. this before where let's let's play out the actual infrastructure mm-hmm. and, and right. all the roles and everything. Yeah. If Vader just chokes someone out because, well, I'm sorry, so he didn't complete a task that he was assigned? Yes. So you killed him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Vader, we have an issue with that. <laughs> That yeah. goes against our that goes against our uh, North Star prerogative. Or or they're like, um, okay, you should have consulted with us before you carried out this summary execution. How many strikes did he have on his permit right. record? Oh, oh, this was his third one. Oh, oh, that's fine then. That's totally. Oh, that's, we're he, totally. We're in the clear. Like we won't. Did you put him on a pip? Yeah, it's 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 like oh, he was on a pip and he still oh, that's we're we're totally good. Like we won't oh. we won't get sued. We're fine. Oh, then it's you're totally covered. Fine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just make yeah. sure you fill out the appropriate paperwork, just so that we yeah. can have documentation on our side. And that we'll way, we'll run it through legal. Be, we'll make sure everything right, is right, yeah, right, all right, the dyes you know. are eyes are. And did you? Oh, and, oh, oh, and you promoted the other guy at his place. Great, perfect, great. So we've already got him backfilled. No problem. Like we're good to go. Excellent. Good, 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 good deal. That's good. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, like. <laughs> Just, you know, that sort of stuff. But I looked at this and I was like, is the root of like a lot of the problems in the empire, is it is it poor leadership? You know what I mean? Like it's... I would say it is. Poor yeah, managing, honestly. you know? They obviously are overly ambitious. You know, Krennic at one point, he wants when the Death Star is showcased to do well, you know, Governor Tarkin takes over and says, I'll be taking over operations moving forward, you know? Uh, and, and Krennic's like, no, this was me. I did this. I want the Emperor to know that I did this. And... Tarkin's like, too bad. You know, like he just takes it over. But in this moment, I just I had this really dumb, like I love like uh, the fantastical mundane is what yes, I call it. Like, applying real world into, yes. yes. Like, because in a lot of ways, you know, and you see it all over the place with pop culture stuff. Like, you know, people talk about the Death Star exploding. It's like how, like there's got to be like, you know, maintenance people that were there. There were the mm-hmm. custodial staff like that. Because that place is fucking clean as hell. Sure, they have droids. That take care of some of that stuff, but there's gotta be just the mundane stuff because I mean, who determines uh, who gets a promotion? You know, mm-hmm. who determines like yeah. all, like there's gotta be some sort of bureaucratic or what you was know, the insurance claims uh, oh, that were God. filed during that? Right? You know, because yeah. there's we we learned that there's obviously arms dealers, people that are supplying this sort of stuff. So there's gotta be some sort of you know you know transactions and, and things of yeah. that nature. But when I looked at it, when I look at this, I was like, man. This is just great. a bunch of bad managers here. Like That's that a great just, point, honestly. That just allow themselves in. And honestly, it's applicable in a lot of everyday life where you see this, where you have a manager who doesn't support their employees. And what happens? You got yourself a bad team. You got a bad mm-hmm. makeup of things. And it's. Oh, absolutely. It's absolutely upsetting. And I've been seeing a string of like my algorithms kind of set up now to catch like there's these two British guys that I see on the regular who are reading texts and emails from people where they have interactions with their managers, bad managers, and it makes my stomach turn. Unbelievable. So these are real texts. Real. Yes. Yes. Real things. I think, did we send one of these in the group chat with Slotty? I don't know. I think, was it, uh, was it the guy who was like, uh, this is why I'm, it was, it was the guy, it was the, the text from someone who, who wasn't saying anything. It was a lot of words. No, I did send that to you guys. You sent that to me. I don't think. It, yeah, that was a whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah. But, I, but was, I is it those two guys? Because I think they were British, right? I don't know. I'll, okay. I'll have to double check that. But they essentially like get stuff from people. And like, yeah. I'll give you an example of one I just saw today. Was yeah, this guy was saying um, his boss came to his apartment, knocked on the door, and this guy's roommates 
for some reason let this guy in and he went to this guy's bedroom, opened the door, and this guy was on his day off reading a book in his bedroom and his boss came in and started ripping his ass because this guy worked at a bookstore about some sort of book display that was up and for 15 minutes just chewed this guy's ass and how he said, I need you to you come in wanna, tomorrow. And you might want to rephrase that, but... Nope, nope. Got, his sticking. roommate led him right into his bedroom where the guy was laying on his bed and his boss just started chewing his ass. Just chewing his ass. You know, just, just, get, just really, really laying it into him deep. You know, absolutely. Yeah. You know, there was it was just covered in spit and spittle. It was a it was a tongue lashing if I've ever yeah. seen one. Yeah. I mean, there was there was no shortage that's, of it's just, insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's just basically chew this that's, guy out. And, insane. And then there's like and we're I'm going to talk to corporate. Someone from corporate's going to be there tomorrow. You got it. You need to come in early tomorrow. So they're going to take you through this and everything like that. And then he left and. This guy was like, I called my girlfriend. My girlfriend's like, you have to fucking quit like now. It's like I quit. And most of these end with people quitting. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is like they hit the fuck this moment. Yeah. Where there's no coming back because there's no coming back from that. You can't go into work the next day and be like, hey, how you doing, boss? And they're like, hey, Tom, good to see you. You know, no, that doesn't that's that's a hard stop right there. Or there was a guy. It's like he gets a text. He's like, hey, bud. Hey, Justin. Um. Hey, uh, so uh, I was wondering if you could help us out with this. Um, we, we've got this thing. We're trying to get this all fixed up, and it'd be really great if you could help us out. <laughs> and the response is, hey, you fired me. <laughs> I I don't understand what you're asking me to do because I don't work there anymore. He's like, yeah, 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 I know. That was really unfortunate. We're so sad that that had to happen. But, um, you know, we could really use your help on this. We'd be willing to pay you, you know, contract prices, you know, to get you up there. He's like, funny. Uh, you told me when you let me go that it was a budget issue. And now you mysteriously have the money to pay me to do this as a freelancer. And like, listen, it wasn't about money. It was about structuring the organization and it's really bad. And, you know, it, it would just be really great if we could act professional and put the past behind us and, and move forward. And the guy was like, listen, I can understand um, that, you know, that was structural and that all this stuff could possibly happen. <laughs> and then it goes to the next text. He goes, but you can fuck off. Don't contact this number anymore. <laughs> like, just like. It's like, how dare you? Yeah. And be like, that, I know we laid you off, but can you help us do your work? He's like, what the fuck so, are you talking about? That is so above and beyond uh, uh, unprofessional. So yeah. above and beyond. So many of those. Like, there was another one where a guy was like, hey, just so you know, I got a flat tire. Um, I'm going to be 10 minutes late coming in. And the boss goes, cool. Um, then we'll just have to use an hour of your PTO. The guy's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I can't help a flat tire. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to be 10 minutes late. The boss is like, hey, man, I'm doing you a favor. I'm letting you use PTO instead of sick time. (laughs) The guy's like, he's he's like, either you you take your hour PTO or you're going to get a write up. The guy's like, fine, I'll take my PTO. But by the way, I'm going to be in in an hour. The guy goes, wait, wait, wait. I thought you said it was going to be 10 minutes. It's like, if you're forcing me to take an hour of PTO, I'm going to use my hour of PTO. I'll see you yeah. at 7 o'clock. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. That's how you do it. That's yeah. how you fucking do it. Yes. Just, I love that. That's absurd. Jesus Christ. Dipshits, man. Dipshits yeah, who have a little bit of power. You yep. feel like they have to that or they just cannot see past any sort of rules or regulations that make sense. Why would you force someone to take an hour of PTO if they're yeah. going to be 10 minutes late because a fucking tire Dude, had to be changed? Is- He's not like, I'm going to be there in four hours. I'm going to miss right. half my shift. He's like, I'll be 10 minutes late. I'll be That's 10 absurd. minutes late. Yeah. 
And it's not I'll be ten minutes late because oh I, I poor time management and right. I went I thought I could go to the grocery store and get out, but I'm I'm caught in line. No, it's yeah. my tire blew. Yeah. I was on my way to work and yeah. I was going to be there on time. Yeah. Yeah. So many of those exchanges end with the employee being like, I quit, and then the manager going, Hey, 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 let's not be rash. Give me Whoa. a call. Hey, can you call me? Hey, why aren't you answering my call? Like all of a sudden they're like, Oh fuck. I've done it. Yeah. Or there's, I, hey, I'm canceling your, I'm canceling your PTO for Thanksgiving, and the person goes, I put this in four months ago, and they're like, yeah, sorry, we're shorthanded, uh, but I'm gonna need you to pick up the slack, and it's like, why is your PTO approved, and mine isn't? They're like, right. well, maybe if you work hard and you become a manager, then you can enjoy time off, and the guy was like, I will not be coming in. In fact, I quit. Have fun, enjoy. Like just, would what would what would what would put you to the point where you would have to do that? Have to quit? Where you where you would quit? You're like, there's no other option. I have to prove a point and and quit. So this person's truly fucked. Like, I mean, and honestly, the manager's probably not fucked. One of his uh, fellow employees is probably the one who's going to get fucked. But yeah, regardless of all that, like, what what would 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 something like that, where like you took Wednesday off? Uh, to go like, you know, let's say like oh, I'm taking Wednesday off and you put it in months ago and they were like, actually, you're coming in to work on Wednesday. You got to log in. You got to ask what at what point in Doug's existence does this happen? Because a young Doug would probably just suck it up and do it. 40 year old Doug sure. would be like, Mm-mm, no, and okay. here's why. And I'll explain it to you and I will involve HR and I will take I know I know the proper channels to go through to deal with this nonsense. You do. Like I, I, I would, I would handle that sort of stuff accordingly. Um, yeah. and I got tested with that at a previous job where someone was like challenging my character. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. You're challenging my character. We'll see how that goes. Mr. I drink on the job. <laughs> Mr. I got let go for being a dipshit. That's right. Never forget. Um, well, Do push I know me. this story? Yeah, I've told it. Uh, okay. It was, it was it was a bit ago. I can okay. refresh your memory off off mic. That sounds good. Um, but well, I'll tell you what, an actual example was I got laid off a month in advance and then oh. two other people that I worked with were leaving and I was going to have to be doing the job of three people. Yeah. And my boss was like, hey, maybe we could revisit you being laid off. And I was like, mm, fuck you. I'm leaving when these guys are leaving. I'm not staying here and doing right. this. This is a goddamn nightmare. Eat shit. <laughs> And you also got fucked on uh, on your uh, PTO on that job because I I gave him a week notice and so then he withheld one week of pay because mm-hmm. of that out of spite he's like he's like well you only gave me one week of notice so I'm only paying you one week of vacation and I was like you can't do that but I was like I don't have the time or the resources to fight you over five hundred dollars so right. fucking take it I don't know? have the time the resources or truly the desire to continue to talk to you so no. fuck right off I was like you showed me exactly who you are you're a piece yep. of shit so yeah. Um, that yeah, made that I, one easy. Yeah, like the stuff like that where um and the thing that sucks is if that kind of person is a manager, odds are the people above them are also shitty too. Because mm-hmm. if you can't see how bad of a manager someone is, the people higher up can't see that, then you're probably fucked no matter what. Because Absolutely. there's there's no way you're gonna be like going to their boss and being like, hey, guess what's happening? Because that may be the kind of culture that's like thrust upon them. And also how many people do you know? My, I'm including myself in this. Were an individual contributor one day, and then a manager literally the next. Like, yeah, 
I've seen I've seen wild promotions. In, that happened in my to me line of work. on yeah. Friday. I was a regular individual contributor, and on Monday it's like you're a manager. I had no training. I just had whatever I had experienced and I brought to the table. I like to think I did okay. I fell short in a lot of ways, and I wish I would have had the knowledge that I have now back then. I think I did okay given the circumstances, but my shortcomings were because no one showed me or told me how to do it. They're just right. like, hey, you seem like a good candidate. I'm like, thanks for the vote of confidence, but I wasn't given any sort of skills. I wasn't given any sort of training. It's just like, you're a manager now. I'm like, okay. You excelled in this department, therefore you should lead it. Which is the biggest fallacy of all of all corporate America. Which is right. like, hey, you're good at this one job. You should lead people now. It's like that's that those aren't correlated. It's not how a that good, works. Yeah. A good a good leader doesn't necessarily necessarily need to know how to do the specific job. They know how to motive they need to know how to motivate, organize, and lead people. That is truly the mark of a good if they know the job, it is exponentially Helps. better. It helps so much, but you can go I mean, look at look at Ted Lasso. He didn't know mm-hmm. soccer, and he went over and he was great. Look at that. I he mean, I've known promoted. I've known plenty of. Uh, I, I always go back to this. I've known plenty of coaches who've never done or excelled at the sport that they're coaching, but they are excellent yeah. coaches. Right. And there's plenty of players, athletes who are terrible coaches. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it does. It doesn't necessarily correlate to those to those same things. But leading people right. and doing a job. Like those are two very different skills. Very different. And I feel like we're just now as a collective understanding that those are different. Those are different things. Yeah. And um, it's 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 frustrating to read these things. Um, but also it gives me a little bit of it gives me a little bit of oddly enough peace because I'm like, oh, everywhere is fucked up. Like this shit happens everywhere. It wasn't right. isolated to just my experience. I'm like, oh, there's bad managers everywhere. It sucks. Because there's bad managers everywhere, but um, there's some sort of solace in knowing that, like, um, I don't know. I always looked at like, oh, someone's a manager; they're qualified to do this. And now I'm like, mm, nope. Oh yeah. Oh nope. yeah. <clears throat> I was talking to a colleague nope. who who was uh, who was saying they just got moved to a different bit like business unit within our company, and so they're they're still there, but they're dealing with a whole different set of people that they for the last you know umpteen years had not been dealing with. So they're relearning everything. And they're like, the weirdest thing is that my boss is younger than me. My boss's boss is younger than me. And I just feel like the old person now. Like, then they're like, it's just weird because they came from a point where in our side, everything was was stacked, kind of stack stack ranked by age, right? In this side, they're just like, "This this is bizarre. Not to say that someone young can't be, you know, three or four levels up, but it does. It does get. It it gets weird when when that starts to uh, to fall into place because you look at that and go, do they have do they have those skills to be able to to lead and organize? And will the people below them actually fall in line behind them, mm-hmm. or there's, is there going to be a pushback because of the perceived you know uh, um, lack of understanding due to age? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's tough because uh, I've been having a lot of existential just. Anti-capitalist <laughs> thoughts of where, because I think a lot of it too is, um, I'm seeing a couple of people go through the job market right now, trying to find jobs, and it's incredibly frustrating to see like these organizations that are really, really driving people to go back to the office. And I always ask, I go, what is the reason for them to require people to go back for an arbitrary amount of days? 
Mm-hmm. Like some people are like, they're like, yeah, they say we have to be in three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm like, why? Well, they've got offices in Chicago, California, and Ireland. And the majority of people are either in California or Ireland. I'm like, so why do you have to go in the office three days a week? Are you going to be on Zoom calls with people in Ireland and California? What's the right. point? Like, I don't get, I, I don't, if you can give me a good reason, I'm here for it. Like, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm on board. But if it's just because it's like, we've got this expensive fucking real estate, or it's a control thing, mm-hmm. where they feel like, and I heard the best thing ever, someone who's been working remote, um, their their company, like they made them go full remote. And now the company's been pushing for them to come back a certain number of days a week. And even they admit, they're like, listen, we know it's not going to be as productive. Right. But we'd the like to come back. The company is openly admitting that. They're like, we understand right, we're going to lose some productivity here. Okay. But we want you to come back in. And this person goes, okay, I'll do that. Um, but I'm going to be coming in at 930 in the morning after I drop my kids off at school. And I'm going to be leaving at 130 so that I can pick them up at school. So just so you know, I will work hard on those days I'm on the office to make up for the lack of productivity on the days I'm going into the office. Yeah. But this is my because I'm like, you want us to go in the office? OK, the flexibility stays. It's not right. nine to five. It's I'm coming in late because I'm dropping my kids off. I'm leaving early to pick up my kids from school and I'm working in between and around that. And if you have a problem with that. There's a whole bunch of butts lined up in a row. Lick each of them. Lick, 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 lick each of those buttholes and just lick them good. Get a full me, fat tongue on each one of them. <laughs> right down the middle, the widest part. Mm, like right full th- flat yeah, fat get tongue. It. Yeah. Get it. Do get do a good service to each one of those buttholes. You know, one big lick, you know? Yeah. Toss some salads. Get in there. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Do it. I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you defend this. Okay. I'm going to, for the record, in full agreement with you. But I All want. Right. I uh, love it. I, I love want, it. Put it on me, yeah. baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. If uh, before the pandemic, uh, that was expected. Nine to five in the office. Uh, if you have to drop kids off, if you have to do X, Y, or Z, that happens around work. Right. You are in the office from nine to five. Uh, Post pandemic, now that people are, we've done remote. Now people people have gotten used to a certain thing, and now they're coming back. Uh, it was never explicitly stated that, you know, forever and always, uh, you know, th- obviously things change once things can change again. So why should they bend to your schedule and be flexible when your workday has always been nine to five? Because we lived in a culture that told us that our lives revolved around work. And since the pandemic, a lot of us have realized that that is not the central part of our lives. And that sucks for corporations and businesses. Because that, because Jill and I have talked about this a lot on walks that we've had since the pandemic, which is we've been struggling with this because I'm like, are we having a midlife crisis right now? Why does everything about work feel different? It feels harder. It feels like this isn't important because it's not important. Because I was raised... You go to school, you get good grades so that you can get into a good college. You do good in college so that you can get a good job. You get a good job so you can make good money. You get a fucking house. You get married. You have kids. And then you retire. Yep. And it's like that you couple, was... A, got a couple that, years to enjoy, then you die. That was generally the accepted path of success. 
kind of general, kind of vague, but that was what considered successful. Oh, he got a 3.8 GP right. average. Oh, what? Co- oh, he's going to a good college. Ooh, he got a good internship. Ooh, he got a good job. He's making good money. Oh, he he got a an apartment. Or oh, he bought. He got married. He has kids. It's like those are all societal norms. They're like this means you're being successful. Right. Which is why I feel bad for any couples, but especially women who are like, oh, you're not having kids. It's considered a lack of success, right? right? Success can mean anything to anybody. Anyone who says, I've seen all sorts of bullshit videos too, where these, you know, douchebag white guys are like, if I only made $430,000 a year, I would consider myself a fucking failure. I would consider myself a beta cuck if I was only making $30,000 a month. Like, what a loser. It's like, that is not reality. Right. That is not, that is a, that is a fantasy sold to people. I'm like, okay, what's the cost of making that? What right. are you giving up to make that? Cause people are like, you gotta be hustling all the time. Disagree. I don't want that. That's not success to me. Right. I grew up in a household where my dad worked his ass off, didn't see his family. Mm-hmm. And I think he preferred it that way. And that's his choice. That's the world he lived, whatever. I don't have much of a relationship with him because I'm like, I don't know who you are. Right. You don't know who I am because you worked all the fucking time. But that was the mentality. But nowadays, people are like, holy shit, I'm working from home. I'm taking better care of myself. I'm more active in my kids' lives. Like I am just, I'm more aware of what matters to me. And it's not, because also, I went to high school. I went to college. I got a job. I have a house. I have a kid. And now I'm like, technically retirement's in 25 years. Uh, I'm just supposed to like power through for 25 years before I can quote unquote retire. Hopefully I'm in good enough health to enjoy it. I'm like, fuck that. I want to enjoy my life now. Yeah. I want to be able to go and just enjoy shit all the time. So to circle all the way back. The expectation before was based on a premise that our lives revolved around work. And I don't think that's the case. We got a taste of it for two years. We were like, holy shit, work is revolving around us. And now the workplace is like, you need to come back. Desperately grasping. And a lot of us are like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, enjoy the recession then. And it's like, here's all the lines of butts. Go give them a lick. Yeah. So you're saying a a fundamental seismic shift in kind of the collective conscious or the collective agreement mm-hmm. of what are what like what are we all what uh, what is success what is what defines a life that that's, mm-hmm. there's there is oh, you're saying there's almost in your in your assessment there is this fundamental shift in how we're all kind of perceiving how life should be lived and I'm. Mm-hmm actually fully in agreement with you on this. I'm yeah. just, again, I just wanted to kind of dive a little deeper and get into the juicy parts of it. But yeah. and I, I'm, this isn't a white paper that I read or an article read. This is just my personal lived experience. And in yes. talking with a handful of people and right. seeing some things I've seen your own unofficial straw poll. Right. I've seen yeah. a lot of content online too, of people talking about like calling it like corporate math. It's like, you know, uh, an acting manager is someone who's going to do all the responsibilities of a manager without getting paid a manager's right. salary. Like right. they're, they're showing you all these things and people like the idea of, I hate to, this is too easy to go to. This is like Nickelback jokes right now where it's just like, you know, older generations are like, you why you don't feel like it doesn't seem like you want to work as hard. Sure. I, it doesn't seem like you really want to be part of the team. It's like part of what team? 
Yeah. I don't own stock in this fucking company. I don't own this company. You're paying me here to do a job. I'm doing my job. That's it. And the idea of someone being like, ah, hey, we're going to promote you. Be like, I don't want that. What do you mean? You don't want a promotion. It's like, I don't want more responsibility and more stress. I don't like, want your life. I don't want it. I don't want it. And the idea yeah. that, you know, because I mean, from I have to assume from our parents' generation was like, you lock yourself into a job and you tough it out for Absolutely. four decades. And whether you like it or not, tough shit, you're doing yeah. it because that's the way the world works. And that mentality is here. It's like the idea that this is a meritocracy is laughable in a lot yeah. of ways. I wish it were, but it's not. You know, the best people don't always get the best jobs. That's not how it works. There's a lot yeah. of other things at stake that happen with that stuff. And to all of the corporate entities that are like trying so hard to get people back into the into the workplace, I just say, fuck off, man. Like, listen, this can be a structured settlement. Okay, this could be an understanding of I'm going to do work for you on my own terms, will be productive, and you'll get whatever the fucking thing you get for your bonus from raising stocks or whatever, like yeah. whatever you want to do. And I'm grateful because I work in an organization that fully supports a remote workplace. They thrive. They lean into it. They're like, we were never going back to this model ever again. Yeah. Like we're sticking with this. We found ourselves to be infinitely more successful because of it. And I love that. I love that they're like, we see the value in this and your work-life balance matters. Because I think some people hear work-life balance are like, oh, you're lazy. I'm like, no. no. Work just isn't yeah. the center of my fucking world. But people who define themselves by their job make me sad. Mm -hmm. Like the people who want that title. I, I could never give a shit about titles. I'm like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Because you can call me whatever you want. It's what I'm doing. It's my job. What my job is, that's what, it's what my do that defines me. You know, like, that's what that is. And so, because also I'm like, great, you do all that. And then what? You retire. And guess what? You're a normal human being. Mm -hmm. You're not your job. You're not any of this stuff. Have you accumulated some more wealth so you can maybe enjoy retirement a little bit better than most? Sure. But who gives a fuck? Right. Nobody who cares. Guess what? As soon as you retire, they replaced you. Right. That organization doesn't give a fuck about you. And out in the real world, no one's calling you by your title. No one's no one's asking you for things and, and for permission. You don't have any you don't have any leverage. You don't have any power. You don't have any authority over anyone. You're just like you said, you're just a person. You're yeah. just another schmuck that's walking yeah. around. Yeah. Congratulations. And I will say this much. I will say this much. Past couple of weeks, I have actually gone and physically been around people from my team, which is I haven't in the two and a half years that I've been there. This is the first time I've gotten to do that. It has created a bond. There is value in spending face-to-face -face time with people, but my uh, scheduled time together was intentional. The intention mm -hmm. was to connect. The intention right. was to build relationships, to build those connections, and I found it to be very powerful. I feel, I do feel more connected to my team now after the fact sure. than before, but it's not like now you got to come in the office and right. while you're trying to do work, you're going to try. It's like, no, 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 no. We got together for three days to build these connections together, to be together, to connect. And then we go back out and we do it like once or twice a year and it fucking works. Which is also funny because uh, traditionally you have not been a person who likes forced interaction. So I don't. the fact that this worked for you is surprising. I think it's that is also a testament to the intention behind what this was. Okay. The intention behind what this was was not sort of some thinly veiled 
sort of like, let's synergize. It was literally <laughs> like, we're going to do a bunch of activities, some that I was less enthused about than others, but they were all productive. It got me a chance to meet with people. It got yeah. me a chance to talk with people that I haven't really talked with or haven't really got to spend time with. I got to know. It got us like brainstorming about different things. It got us thinking about ourselves as a team, as an organization. It sounds gross as I'm saying all this, but it was a genuinely positive experience. And then we hung out. Like after this, like we went to baseball games and dinners and stuff like that. And we broke out into our individual teams and like we really got a chance to get to know each other, which I really, really, really enjoyed. And to the point of the organizations, there is no substitute for that kind of communication, in my opinion, when it comes to like team building and brainstorming and being creative. You Mm -hmm. can do it remotely over Zoom. Mm-hmm. But being in the room with someone, as we can oh, attest to, vastly different. Doing a podcast live, way in the same room, very different than with a screen in, in between us. Like Absolutely. I felt that energy when Jill was on here in the room with me. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. there's just like an, there's like That's a half what, second. And you didn't zing. realize we were missing. You're like, oh, I, that feeling. I I missed that feeling. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. like, fuck. Like we're we're in it, man. We're in the same room. We're breathing the same air. Like this is <laughs> this is happening. But I will also say this. <sighs> Jokes in the office. It just reminds me. We're talking about jokes. I mean, come on. Like, you, you, you can't. You can't. I mean, you told me some jokes that you've heard from people. Wait, there was a guy that told really inappropriate jokes. Oh, Brett. You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he just said his name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brett. I, could, I think we used to, when I used to talk about him, I used to try to cover his name. Fuck that. His name was Brett. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He told. Boy. He, he told jokes. Now, look, if you've listened to the podcast for any extent, any amount of time, uh, you probably know that not much offends Doug or I. We're pretty mm-hmm. open. We're pretty like, yeah, that's that's great. There was a joke that he told me about Girl Scouts that I act- that I actually went. It was twofold. One, I was like, that's actually fucking gross. And two, he told it to me in public at my desk oh. with other people around. So you're and like it condoning was, it if you don't say like it's very Well, and it was around 2017, 2018 when the whole Me Too mm. thing really kind of caught fire and was was off and away. Mm-hmm. So my in my head I'm like, you know, a it, it, that that's just a gross fucking it's a yeah. it's a pedophilia joke. It's fucking gross. No. I yeah, I can't like again, not much offense uh you know, uh, like that's that's one line that I just I don't like I don't like when it's crossed and number 2 from a joking perspective obviously. Number 2, uh I was like if I don't say something and someone overheard this, I could be considered complicit and mm-hmm. I'm not about to go down that road. So I'm like so I marched my happy little ass down to HR and that's the only time I've ever sat down and go I need to file a report on someone. <laughs> And I was That's like, this, how does this work? And our HR person yeah. at the time was wonderful. And I, the best part, she goes, was this was this a Brett joke? And I was like, you already know what I'm coming in here for. You, so you which know. tells me that that wasn't the first time that someone has filed a complaint. Nope. So what's he still doing? He's not working there anymore. But what was he still doing working there then? I mean, he was there up until a week ago. But I mean, you know, it's all good. I did, yeah. you know, because there's also you were there for it because you filmed the uh, the talent show at that mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that would do stand up every oh. year. And oh, yeah, it was your Brett. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember was, this guy. Oh, it was oh, not good. Boy, that it was, was rough. That was not good. I yeah. did actually. Now that I think about it. I did actually hear a decent joke while okay. at work. I'm going right. to see. 
Let's see if I can redeem myself on this one, if I can remember all of it, but I want to try and redeem myself. All right, so. Man and woman are down in Cancun. They are on vacation, and this guy is, he's going to pop the question while he's down there. It's a surprise. So, he and his lady, they get dressed up. They're walking along the beach. They're going to have a nice dinner, and while they're walking along the beach, a huge, they're not paying attention. The wave surge, right, hits them. Knocks them down. Knocks them both down. They laugh. They go like, ha, ha, ha. He puts his hand in his pocket and he realized that's where he put the ring. He puts his hand in his pocket. Ring's not there. He starts freaking out. And his girl's like, what are you doing? What's the matter? He's like, nothing. It's just, I think I dropped something. She's like, what'd you drop? And he's like, nothing. And he's just sort of like sighs. And he's like, let's just, let's get some dinner. So they go to dinner. Sit down, enjoying the meal. He's really ho hum. He's trying to be like happy and whatever, and he just can't do it. This girl's like, "What is? It? Are you mad that your your pants got wet?" He's like, "Ah, something like that." And the waiter comes by, you know, takes the order, having everything, and then dessert comes around. And the waiter comes by, and he like puts a clam down in front of him. And he goes, "Sir, I think you'll really enjoy this." And the guy goes, "A." Cl- I didn't order a clam for dessert. He goes, I know, sir, but I think I think it would do you good if you opened up. I think you'll really enjoy this. And this girl's like, why don't you just open it? He's like, I don't know. This is weird. And the guy goes, sir, I think you should open up this clam. He's like, fine. He pops it open. What do you think he finds? The ring? The cookie. <laughs> you, sir... Are a minx. <laughs> well patience. done, patience, Did, patience, you, and willpower. <laughs> when you landed at the when you landed that fir- the the first punchline, I was like, "Oh man!" Either I checked really checked out and missed a significant chunk of what you just said, and I don't think I did, or Doug just didn't. There was no punchline. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Well done. I give you full marks for that. Full Thank fucking you. marks for that. Well done. See, where I would fail in the past is like I would immediately tell the next part of the joke, which was, you know, and, and people would right. they, people would pick up on the, the, it. Someone told me, he told me the both parts of the joke. He's like, uh-huh. the goal is if you can put time and space between it. And if you can, the longer you can make it go, the better it is. Oh man! As I want to soon film. as I, th- oh, oh, it's so good. It's as so- soon as I told you the first part, I immediately was like, "You have to remember, <laughs> do not forget to find a way to work in the second part, and find a natural way to do it." Because Justin is pretty intuitive; he picks <laughs> up on this shit. I've tried multiple times, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like he, you, you get it. I was like, "I think I got this." And we're talking about work. I'm like, "I talk about jokes at work." I was like, "I think I can make this work." That so. Was- masterfully done by the way thank you masterfully woven in did not see that coming well done thank you thank you thank you (laughs) because at the end of the day i mean uh jokes are practical right they they are you got the questions we got the answers all you do is i would lick the pole whoops i got the answers all you do is ask practical 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 oh my god i'm gonna buff 
Uh, I picked the wrong thing that cut off that thing, but hey, it was good, right? It was good. You got to hear it one and a half times. <laughs> oh, this might be the my favorite ending to an episode oh, ever. Oh, so good. Fucking A, man. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> Whew. Hope you're having fun because I'm having fun. Oh, man. Okay. If you've oh. never been here for Practical Doug before, oh, it's a segment we do. Uh, Doug's a practical guy. You ask him questions, he'll give you practical answers. I'm, I can't even go through the whole thing tonight. That was amazing. Um, so, Jesus Christ. Uh, the one plug I'll do is go to our Discord. There's a channel for Ask Practical Doug there. You can ask him questions. Tonight, we're doing another Am I the Asshole? <clears throat> this one is from Mediocre Wallaby 2193. Mediocre Wallaby 2193. Mediocre Wallaby. Mediocre Wallaby 2193 asks, am I the asshole for selling my late grandparents' ranch, even though they asked me not to? Here we go. Long story short, my grandparents used to live on this ranch for almost 60 years and both passed on the property. My mother was raised there, so we, so were my siblings and I, so there's quite a lot of sentimental value to the house. <clears throat> uh, there's also a lot of monetary value to the property. The problem is the upkeep, especially as a single 28-year-old with a moderate-paid job. Someone's not a manager. Mm. Uh, which is what I told my grandfather years ago when he told me he uh, wanted the house to be my inheritance to raise my own family like he did his. Became a running thing with him telling me I needed to get comfortable with the house uh, for when it's mine. And then me saying I'd just sell it and him arguing me, with me about that. Sadly, he passed early last year, quite suddenly, and true to his word, left the house to me amongst other assets. I decided I'd try to make the old man happy and accepted the responsibility. For the past year, I've been trying to make everything work with fluctuating success, but ultimately the house is somewhat of a sinkhole. On top of that, I've been headhunted for jobs across the country with potential to move overseas within the next year. After long internal deliberations, I decided to just sell the house. When I told my sister, she lost her shit. She says, I'm disrespecting the old man's wishes by selling it to a stranger and should rather let her and her husband have it. I told her she could have it immediately, as long as she could pay the market value for the house. She thinks it's unfair to ask for money for a house I got for free and offered to stay in it, and, re and in return, she'll upkeep it herself. I was planning on using the money from the sale for a place when I move through, uh, when I move uh, though, so that would not work out. There's a lot of tension now, and she's even trying to rally family members against me. I get the old man wouldn't be happy with this if he were alive, but frankly and lovingly, fuck him. Yep. He isn't, and that's where it ends. He said, frankly yeah. and lovingly, he isn't, and I shouldn't, uh, and, and, sh uh, I shouldn't burden myself, right? Am I the asshole? Practical Doug is going to take a pretty straightforward thing with this. Like, hey, when you're dead, you're dead. Okay. You can wish all you want on right. whatever you want but at the end of the day if you pass on a gift because that's what this is you're passing on a gift to somebody they can do whatever the fuck they want with it yeah. and I know there's sentimental value to this I know whatever if you grew up there and things like that but at the end of the day it's it's mediocre wallabies and they can do whatever they want his sister can be pissed about it mm -hmm. but I would, I would do the same thing I agree with him 100% in that Listen, I was given this house. It has a certain amount of value, and I need the funds of this to pursue other parts of my life. If you yeah. want to pay fair market value for it, she's like, well, you got it for free. It's like, yeah, well, it got inherited to me. I inherited it, so it's right. mine. I didn't ask for this. 
Yeah. My options are selling this on the open market or you can purchase it. I'm not just going to give it to you. Yeah. Like, that's not how this works. Like, it's mine. It has value. I'm going to sell it and I'm going to move on. Yeah. Um, I haven't, and to be fair, I haven't had anything like this in my life. I've never had a piece of property that has like a ton of sentimental value. And even if I did, I think the practical side of me would just be like, what's this worth? You know, right. like if it's <clears throat> difficult to be a, to, to live in an upkeep, like, I mean, I, especially at 28, oh my God, you're 28 years old and you're gifted something like that. It's like fucking right. sell it, man. Right. Move on. Well, and th- th- it's it's a real sticky situation that he's in. And I, I will admit, like, this is, it's not easy because, yeah, no. there's the sentimental value. There is, you know, it uh, if, if, if his mom, the daughter of the grandfather, is still around, uh, all the siblings that, like, everyone was raised there and had time there and spent, so everyone's got a super fucking strong connection. Legally, it was mm-hmm. passed to him. So mm-hmm. it is... his prerogative, what happens to that? Now, again, it's a very sticky situation. None of it is is real, uh, you know, look, there's the legal side and there's the, there's the, the, the moral or the, uh, the empathy, the empathetic side. Mm -hmm. I I mean, at the end of the day, the legal side is going to win out. Like empathy Mm -hmm. is empathy. The law is the law, you know, it's pretty cut and dry. So yeah, if he wants to do this, I think he's, I think he's absolutely giving her, uh, a, a wonderful option. Like, sure, you. I'll give you first dibs. I will entertain no other offers. I won't mm-hmm. mark it up. I'll. We'll have an assessor come out. Whatever he assesses it at. There you go. It's yours. That's mm-hmm. it. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I um. I also think. I think it's kind of presumptuous of the grandfather to be like, "I'm giving this to you, so then you can now do what I want, which is you now raise your family on this piece of property." I'm right. like, mm. would well, you want to talk about? old generation yeah. trying to dictate what the new generation how the new generation is living like that doesn't that doesn't fly yeah right and now could this could could me wallaby been like hey don't give this to me like sure could he have done that and maybe like he hey did. listen or may- it sounds like he gave it an honest try of like you know what i'll give this a shot i'll see what i can do and then yeah. after being there for a while he's like upkeep on this is insane yeah i can't do this and it would, this would be better to me sold than it is, you know, me mm-hmm. trying to manage it and upkeep it. Because again, I don't have a lot of sentimental value for things like when it comes to like physical aspects. And, <coughs> and I mean, I don't know. I just, I just haven't had that in my life where I've been like attached to something like that yeah. or whatever. I think I can appreciate the memory of something, but I'm not like, I've got to hang on to this house. Like I love the house that I live in now and I hope we stay here for all of Natalie's life and you know we have whatever but when it's time to move I don't know if I will mourn the house yeah. I don't know if I will mourn the property I will mourn you might more be sad like you might yeah. feel like oh I'm really bummed to, to leave this behind because this was great yeah I think I'll be more like it's the memories that we created here and the neighborhoods the neighbor like yeah. things like that like all stuff like that like I think that's the stuff but I'm not going to be like Natalie, I bequeath to you this yeah. house, this four bedroom, two and a half bath, un- with an unfinished basement. Also, and- <laughs> if you if it if it's years down the road, you're going to sink her on property taxes. So, oh yeah, and inheritance Absolutely. taxes. Yeah, you're she's gonna be wrecked on that. So, Enjoy if you want to do property it, taxes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing where you know I don't know I I don't like the idea of dictating no what anybody else not. does. You know, like. Yeah. Because, you know, it gives me Chris Cochran vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm oh, giving this to so, you. Yes. 
therefore you must do my bidding because I gave this to you. And I was thinking about that recently too. It's like, again, going through some shit with my parents. If like my mom died, she had like funeral wishes. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing anything with that. Like, I don't give a fuck. You're dead. Yeah. I don't care if you want to, you want to be, I'll cremate you, but don't tell me where I'm going to fucking put you. All right. Don't tell me where I'm going to sprinkle your ashes. All right. I'll fucking dump you wherever the fuck I want. You're going to go in the ditch in Kirksville where you fucking belong, where you lived your life. You lived here. You're going to die here. You're going to be buried here. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'll throw you in the fire pit. How about that? You like that? Huh? 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 Do you have that in your will? Huh? Did you? Took it. Took a turn. Not just like you can wish all you want, but you're going to be dead. So like, I don't care what you fucking want and I would expect nothing less from me too I'd be like when I die I would like Anima the State to be playing in perpetuity throughout the service Uh, also here's another part of playlist you could put in there I would like very much to have Papa John's not Domino's but Papa John's uh, fed to all the people and uh, I would like my computer to be given uh, to my daughter and all of my Steam library with all my games saved progress. Do not delete any of my previous saves on any accrued progress. Please keep it. Do not delete it. That is if all. I, if I have the goodwill to outlive you, I will 100% make sure that all happens. Thank you. I appreciate that. Without like, a doubt. You've got my computer. He's like, he said, don't delete it. Don't delete the files. <laughs> don't touch it. Maybe his browser history, but nothing else. <laughs> yeah, get rid of his browser history. But he said that his Civ 6 save files, don't play them. <laughs> It's like whatever, man. Absolutely, no. I I agree with the uh, the. I, I, recently, I have had a change of, uh, not a change of heart, but as I as I get older and as I have a house and and as I, you go from you know being under your parents to becoming your own person, and I have realized uh, what it means to hold on to too much. We'll say mm-hmm. that's a the kind way of saying uh, I choose to live in a much more minimalistic lifestyle. Um, I've seen how clutter uh, things can accumulate. I've seen how things can accumulate and, and where that causes frustration for the person holding on to it. Like I have, I have firsthand witnessed, you know, both parents saying like, I just am I'm overwhelmed and stressed by all this. And I'm like, we can get rid of it, you know? And, but there is, yeah. there is, and for a long time I held on to things because I, I, there was an, uh, I think there was a worry that I was not expressing or, or that I was not addressing rather. If I get rid of this thing, the memory goes with it. And I, I need to hold on to this thing so that I remember that, you know, when I when I drink out of this, I remember I was in, you know, Whole Foods on Roosevelt yeah. Road when I found this on the whatever, you know, like it doesn't know I can I have that memory. So and, and that's uh, the I would uh, recommend going and checking out Tui State's short film moving on. Yes. Uh, you know, available on uh, anywhere where short films are found. Uh, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, all the whole the whole nine yards. Um, but that was I made that because that was in my head. My mom had given me a bunch of old toys, and I was like, you know, I thought about keeping one or two. And as I was playing with them, I'm like, man, this is bringing back a lot of memories. But I'm like, I have those. Those are mine. Those memories are mine. And I don't need you know a Ninja Turtle sitting on my shelf up here collecting dust that I gotta every you know once a week I gotta pull down and clean off. And so I was like, oh, you know what? Let's, you know, make a need to make the film about it now, because if not, they're gone. So that and then I donated them. I'm like, this is great because, you know, you you don't you don't have to hold on to the thing. So all of these people, all of Mediocre Wallaby's family gets to remember all the great times they had. If that house gets sold, those memories don't get sold with it. Those are still theirs. Yeah. Yeah. 
And just to comment, like when I watched your short video uh, called Moving On and I saw those figurines, I had a very strong sense, like sensory memory yeah. of cat piss. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Because I had a lot of those toys. If you say something about a cookie... I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind because I went down the basement and I opened up this chest and guess what was there, Justin? It was a cat was it cat piss? Uh, <laughs> it was cat piss. Um, no, like I had a whole bunch of those toys. I had like the Thundercats, like castle and stuff. I had yeah, a cat man. that pissed all over it, Dude, and so sucks. like it always when I went to play with it, it, always smelled like cat piss. So when I saw you open up a case of stuff, I just the smell of cat because all those toys That's had cat wild. piss all over them. And I was like. Don't don't do it, Justin. It smells like cat piss. Like, it's, a see the, it's a trap. Don't do it. Like that's what. So you actually wow. Like that that brought back like an olfactory. That's that's insane. Yeah. That's really. I was wild. like, careful, man. Those are gross. <laughs> that's what I thought of. Like, I got cappy on them. But we'll say mediocre wallaby twenty one ninety three. You are not the asshole. It is decided. Yes, it is decided. Justin, what are you going to recommend to these fine people this week? Uh, outside of the short film uh, moving on, I would also recommend uh, going back. I'm going back through and watching Modern Family. And I, I used to say this when it was, was running and going back and rewatching episode one to the final episode. I uh, still stand by. This is, I believe, was one of the most smartly written uh, sitcoms in in, in modern memory like that, that I can at least uh, pull out. There's there's a lot of sitcoms and a lot of shows that are very well written, very smartly written. The jokes that they craft in this show are, if you are at all interested in writing uh, or filmmaking, um, I would recommend going and actually analyzing the scripts because they're this is these are masters at work. And some of the some of the jokes are so subtle that I'm rewatching and and picking up on jokes that I didn't catch the first time because they're just they're buried or there's like two or three layers of a joke that finally at the end like the cookie joke reveal itself and I'm like Jesus Christ they're doing this week after week for 11 seasons now I'm not going to say that every episode is a fucking stunner you know as the series progressed it you could definitely see the quality degrading a little bit it's inevitable it was still great there's no way that you're going to run 11 seasons and still be as good as you were in the first like four or five. But I would say go back and watch Modern Family. If uh, if you've never seen it, uh, go watch it. If you've already seen it, go back and watch it again. If you're interested in writing, this is a show to study. I, I firmly believe that. Doug, what do you got? Have you ever seen uh, Modern Family, by the way? I've seen a few episodes. I haven't okay. seen it all in its entirety. But yeah, very, very well done show. Um, this is funny. Uh, after our last episode where we kind of like when the MCU is a bad place Loki season 2 is fucking great like, <laughs> I got two recommendations to watch it from yeah. trusted sources and I was like cool I'll check it out it's six episodes it's all out now it wasn't going weekly um, and I watched it all I'm like this is a good show man it's good yeah. very creative really well done to quote Noah he's like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe should have ended after Loki season 2 like just call it call it there and be like we're done like no That's... need to try to keep going I was like hey Jeez. Cool. Like, I, so I'm interested to watch this now because that's that's a statement and a half. Yeah. The only critique I'll have of this is, and I I noticed this in everything when Tom Hiddleston plays Loki. There's a hair flip thing he does that always drives me crazy. <laughs> yes. Or he'll, his head will be down and he'll flip up and go, ah, yeah, or whatever, and he does it consistently. I'll give him mark top marks for consistency, but I'm also like, do we have to do this every right. time? Be like, ah. 
It's a in character the hair flip. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Uh, I thought it was very creative, um, very well done, and boy, what an arc for Loki. Just okay. amazing. Like I, because I'm sitting there watching this, I'm like, oh man, look how far he's come, and yeah. just very well done. And um, love it. Yeah, kudos. Um, hopefully, the rest of the Marvel universe will be okay. We'll see. Probably not, but this this is a good show. Definitely recommend it. All right, gang, thanks for hanging out with us for another week. Uh, be sure to uh, follow us on all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Uh, thank you to all the people who have subbed to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash MindGap Podcast. Uh, please, if you have not already, please do so because we're now on the track to 500 subs. But thank you for the 400. We appreciate you very much. Um, also, um, be sure to check out links in the description to be part of the Discord family. Check out our merch at Redbubble and check out patreon.com for uh, ways to send us some of your money, you know, or don't, whatever. It's cool. We love you regardless. And be sure to check out Justin online as well. On Instagram, it's at Justin underscore Michael spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it while you're in the online realm. Check us out on any uh, service that you can uh, find, Quality Podcast. You can find us there. Like, subscribe, rate, review, share, all those things. Sharing is caring, so please do that one above all the other ones. And then 2estates.com uh, on uh, social medias. 2estates.com, 2estates on all social medias. Uh, Loveandimprovfilm.com and Loveandimprovfilm on Instagram. Amazing. Well, gang, uh, it's another week. We're glad That's you're it. here. And I want to say, Justin, thank you. Doug, thank you. Listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And you all have a cookie. Mind Gap Podcast.